Cyber, GTC, the podcast to help young people feel empowered, educated and engaged on all things cybersecurity. My name's Em and I'm joined by my co-host, Jules. Hey everyone! In this podcast, we want to take away the tech bro cybersecurity jargon and give you the opportunity to understand this incredibly exciting space to help you redefine how you act online. We're going to be covering a wide range of topics this season, from teaching you how to bolster your online security to interviewing amazing women in the field and taking a peek behind the curtain into the dark web. And don't worry, here at GTC, we are a judgment-free zone. We don't want to scare you off Facebook or shame job you for clicking a link. No, 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 no. We're here to get you involved in the conversation and empower you to feel as though in the event of a cyber attack or a scary online occurrence, you have the tools and resources to deal with it. And to keep the conversation going, Jules and I have set up a Facebook group and an Instagram account for our GTC community to ask questions, share cybersecurity stories, and keep up to date with the latest cyber tips and tricks. Let's get into it. Jules, what a big season we've had so far. Yes, it's been huge. We've covered off so many things. We've covered off our GTC checklist of what to do if you're involved in a data breach. We've expanded our knowledge on the dark web. And we've run through what some commonly known cyber threats are and some ways you can reduce your risk of becoming victim to one. So much new content to digest. And it's so good to have had you, the listener, on this journey with us. Yes, and so many people have messaged us as well and got in contact, letting us know that they've turned on their MFA um, and set up their password managers. We are just so excited to hear this sort of stuff. So please keep letting us know and keep sharing it with your own community. Well done, Cyber Queens. Well, today we're not stopping just yet. We're going to add to our list of topics we've learned about and cover off all things defensive cyber. We're going to unpack what this means and shine a light on our unsung defensive cyber heroes. That's right. Defensive cybersecurity professionals are working around the clock to keep our online data safe while we sleep at night. It's time to call them out. I think so too. Uh, We're also going to chat about what cyber defence tools you can and should be using today to help defend your online presence. And we've also snuck an extra fraud file in at the end of the episode, which touches on some online shopping scams. So keep an eye out for that one at the end. I'm excited. Let's get into it. All right. Let's start how we always like to, with a definition. Em, what is defensive cyber? Well, in my GTC words, defensive cyber is how we can actively prevent ourselves from cyber attacks. It's about consciously doing things like turning on MFA and using certain tools like password managers to reduce the likelihood of a cyber attack successfully happening on your device. Just like the old band-aids we seem to talk about all the time, We bring the band-aids out with us when we go clubbing before the blisters have started, just in case they come up. Yeah, band-aids are a must, and just like using band-aids to prevent your blisters, we preemptively do defensive cyber to secure ourselves online, because it's not a case of, if I experience a cyber attack, it's a matter of when. Yeah, unfortunately, we can't just sit around and use our birthday wish every year on no cyber attacks, please. We have to actively defend our tech and online presence in this proactive manner. Thank goodness. I'll save my B-Day wish for something I actually want. Please do. Um, But by putting in defensive measures from the get-go for when a cyber attack hits, uh, like 
you know, setting up a lock or alarm on your home to deter someone from entering, you should be able to identify an attack a lot sooner and eliminate the damage they can do quicker. Exactly. And cyber defence like this is done at scale by businesses all over the world as we speak. Big organisations are defending their tech, networks and systems by implementing proactive cyber defence mechanisms to ensure the data that people like us have entrusted with them is safe. For example, organisations enforcing seemingly basic things like MFA or forcing you to change your passwords every three months or something like that, even though that feels really annoying at the time and those requests, you know, you're going to roll your eyes at them because not, you know, not another step to log in. This is just companies' defensive cyber kicking in. Not so annoying after all when you know why it's actually happening. All in the name of cyber defence. And think about how often we hear about successful cyber attacks in the news and mainstream media. Well, the amount of unsuccessful cyber attacks on organisations is even higher and actually pretty crazy to think about. Yeah. Companies are getting attacked all across the world every single day. And there's actually a whole profession of people that dedicate their day job to actively defending organisations against these cyber attacks. Because let's be real, phishing emails aren't just magically blocked. Dodgy login attempts aren't just ignored. Our unsung heroes, defensive cybersecurity professionals, are on the front line, working around the clock to ensure our community is safer online. Yeah, there is a constant battle between cyber attackers, or what we like to call the bad guys here at GTC, and cyber defenders, the good guys, every single day. So to help us learn a bit more about these defensive cyber security professionals and all the great stuff they do, we need to talk socks, Em. Socks? Like shoes and socks? Socks, yes. But no, not the frilly type. I'm actually saying SOC, SOC, which stands for Security Operations Centre. This is where a lot of that defensive magic happens. Ah, we can't have a defensive cyber episode without mentioning our socks. Can you give the listeners a rundown of what this is, Jules? I certainly can. So, you know those scenes in the movies where everyone is sitting in a bunker and there's no windows and there's heaps of screens everywhere up on their massive wall. Um, There's usually a bunch of doors to get through, mysterious elevators down to basements. Well, (laughs) that's basically it. That is a security (laughs) operations centre, kind (laughs) of. But, sorry to disappoint, but it's definitely a little less dramatic and extra in real life. Fortunately, there are lights and our employees do see the sun, so that's fabulous. Um, That is also where our defensive cybersecurity professionals can work. The stereotype is really selling itself right now, but trust us, it's not that crazy. I I wish you were kidding about the levels of security to get into the SOC, but this is actually the reality of what they look like because they are dealing with such sensitive information. It's got to be under multiple locks and multiple keys. Let's dig a little deeper, though. What are these defensive cyber professionals actually doing in the SOC day to day? Yeah, so firstly, these pros um, have a bunch of different titles that they go by, uh, commonly known as investigation analysts, security investigators, maybe SOC analysts or incident responders. Mm -hmm. Um, It's their job to monitor what's going on in an organization's network. Yeah, I kind of like to think of this role as the frontline workers of cyberspace. Similar to nurses, they are the first ones to see an injury or, in this case, a suspicious or malicious activity on a company's network. They will go in and assess the severity of the injury or alert through triaging, then determine next steps to either escalate to emergency or incident responders 
or maybe bandage up the patient and send them on their way, aka resolving a ticket, an alert, as a misfire, and moving on to the next one for the day. Yeah, I really like the frontline workers analogy. It's also really cool to think about cybersecurity professionals as frontline workers because they don't they don't get that credit, I don't think, enough. No, totally agree. So just to echo that a little bit more, these security professionals are the ones sitting and waiting for any suspicious and or malicious activity to occur on an organization's network. Then when something looks dodgy, they'll get an alert of some description to say, mayday, mayday, like check this out, looks really weird. Um, For example, perhaps your company's based in Melbourne and apparently there's someone logging in from the other side of the world that looks a bit weird. The analyst then goes in and has a look for themselves. They start to investigate what's happened, what's triggered the alert, potentially where that alert has come from. And in the case of, you know, an international login, it could be which country or IP address um, the, the alert is coming from. They are looking for strange behaviour or something which doesn't look right. These people are really clever, with years of experience to be able to pick up anomalies the naked eye may not see in logs, pick up on behaviour that is unusual to these experts, but maybe not to your everyday people. Yeah, absolutely agree. So when this alert comes in, this mayday, mayday, code red or whatever, this isn't always the sign of a bad guy. Sometimes it's regular activity, which has just triggered the alert because it looks a little bit strange or it's encompassing characteristics of something a bit dodgy. Maybe it's someone legitimately traveling for work in that international, you know, login example. Um, A kind of funny alert or false alarm that I've heard once um, was when an alert triggered on some, I guess, suspicious activity and it suggested that a user had clicked on a phishing link and potentially had just unleashed a bunch of malware hidden within an image file or like a PDF or something. Oh my gosh, never good, hey? No, never, ever, ever good. Um, Everyone was ready to tackle this as if it was malware. After some analysis and when the team had opened the attachment in a controlled environment or sandbox, they saw that this was actually a popular holiday park flyer, which this user had opened on their work email from a holiday park marketing email. um, And it just looked like something dodgy because it was coming from an external link. Yeah. So case closed in some cases, no need for alarm, but they're on the side of caution to make sure these holiday park flyers are investigated and marked off as closed. Better to be too careful than not careful enough for sure. But sometimes, though, this alert can actually be a bad guy getting busted and getting noticed, sneaking around a network or trying to hack their way into something using some malicious code. Yeah, a bad guy can be louder than they think and setting off alerts pretty easily, especially in the case of a brute force attack. Hold up. This one might be a good one to unpack for the listeners. Brute force attacks, what the heck are they? Okay, I do agree. Uh, The name does kind of give it away. But you know when you accidentally muck up your passwords like three times and get locked Mm -hmm. out? Yeah. Bummer, right? Yeah, it's annoying as. (laughs) This is to actually stop brute force attacks. This attack is when a bad guy runs some code to automatically try 10, 50, thousands of passwords until it catches the right one really quickly. Hackers can literally download a dictionary and try every single word in the dictionary in a matter of minutes. Yeah, that is freaky stuff because there is no way anyone's going to be typing the dictionary in a matter of minutes. Exactly. So when you get locked out of your system, it's a way of defensive cyber kicking in to avoid this brute force attack. And it'll generate an alert, an event, and log it in your computer and send it to the SOC. Yeah, your computer kind of acts like a filing system in this case. It logs everything that you do. 
all of your activities, when you open and close something, connect to something, download something. Now, don't get too spooked. In this case, by being able to see how many times you've gotten your password wrong, an analyst may be able to use some other clues in your logs for that suspicious behavior. Like, did you get the password wrong three times at 8.45 over the course of, you know, a minute and a half before you've had a coffee? Or was it at 3 a.m. in a different country in a matter of milliseconds? Mm -hmm. Analysts will start looking for more clues to help identify and confirm whether this was a brute force attempt or just an accident. Yeah, a brute force attack can be very loud activity and usually, well, hopefully, will result in the SOC's defensive mechanisms kicking in to block the action and lock the user out of their account until they can redeem it as safe to proceed. With all this being said, we like to do two things at Girls Talk Cyber. We want to give you some new information, and in this case, that's all about socks and defensive cyber professionals, but we always want to give you, the listener, cyber queens, a key takeaway to start implementing in your own life to help you be a little safer online. Totally. It's time to bring it back to some more tangible and individual learnings. There are a few different tools and tips we're going to walk you through to improve your cyber defenses, but remember, there is no smoking gun that will magically make us safer online in one hit, unfortunately. It is a combination of controls. Let's start with one we always seem to talk about, multi-factor authentication and making sure this is turned on. We do have an Instagram post uh, over on Girls Talk Cyber uh, to help you set it up for some common accounts, so go check that out for the exact specifics on how to turn this on. A question I think we can answer here, and it's actually written in from a listener, is why do we recommend using an application over text message for for your MFA setup? Yeah, well, firstly, it can make it easier if you ever go overseas and have to swap out your SIM. You can no longer access that code when you log in, but if you have the application, no worries, right? Right. It's device specific. It's not SIM specific. Second of all, you avoid something called SIM swapping. This is really creepy bad guy stuff, but refers to when a hacker calls your mobile service provider, pretends to be you, and gets your phone number swapped over to their SIM in their phone. Then boom, all of the second codes start getting sent to their phone without your knowledge. Terrifying stuff, truly. So use those authenticator apps like Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator to get MFA set up. If it's not available for all platforms, and we know that it isn't available for everything, still turn it on and use your mobile number. It's better than nothing to have a layer. But where possible, do try and use the applications. Next up is always keeping your phone, computer and devices up to date with the latest patches. We touched on patches and vulnerabilities in episode four. What are the bad guys and how can they get to you? But this is really important also when it comes to defensive cyber in proactively making sure your system doesn't have any holes in it. Yeah, we use the analogy of patching your parachute, which I think is a really cool way to visualize your defense. Without updating to the latest patches, you will have holes in your security, and we can't have that any longer, right? No, we know better. And lucky last, let's make sure your passwords are strong, meaning hard to guess and different across key accounts. This can be really daunting to do, the idea of making sure they're different across all accounts, but use a password manager to make your life easier and streamline the creation and changing of these accounts. If you can't be bothered doing them all, only change your top hitting accounts, which as we mentioned in episode two, just plugging all the episodes here, um, emails first and foremost, banking, socials and government accounts. 
And that's it for this quick rundown on cyber defence and how to make sure you're doing the best you can to defend yourself against attacks online. Now, we want to throw it back to episode one and bring in a very popular segment that we like to call the Fraud Files. The gist of this segment is we run you through real life scam stories and attempt to pull out the cyber learnings of where we can avoid it happening to our listeners in the future. With knowledge around how these scammers work and how we can recover from them, we can have more gotcha moments. Let's start unpacking this fraud file for today. So this scam was written in by a listener and she writes, A friend of mine has recently had a few run-ins with fake retail websites. In this case, she googled a brand and clicked on the first website that came up. A message appeared saying there was a snap sale with only one hour left with 75% off. Getting quick. Go, 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 go. I know, rush, (laughs) (laughs) panic stations, get the card, get out. It looked legit, so she quickly bought some stuff, checked out, and unfortunately was scammed of the money. The clothes were never delivered. This is a really sad ending because imagine expecting a cute new outfit for work, um, you know, with your hard-earned money, but you got nothing in return. I'd be shattered. You just got robbed. So sad. She still goes on to say another time the same friend asked her mum to buy some clothes from the same shop and saw, again, this 75% off sale was running. I wish this was made up, but she generally wrote this in, I promise. This time, the mum doing the purchasing noticed that the credit card details prompt was in Chinese, a different language, and got suspicious, so didn't proceed with the transaction and winner-winner avoided the scam. Um, Just quietly, shout out to all the cyber mums out there. Um, We definitely hear a lot of these stories where the mums' spidey senses are on. So well done, cyber mums. We love our cyber mums. The more the merrier. Online shopping scams are becoming more and more common, and they are targeting young women looking for a bargain, like us. And again, don't feel ashamed if this has happened to you. They're getting so convincing now, and they have such urgency that you don't do the normal checks that you would normally. How can we learn from this fraud file? What can we look out for um, to avoid shopping scams? There is a couple of things we can do. So one is enter the site name yourself. Because sometimes the brand name can be spelt incorrectly Mm -hmm. by using an extra L or an extra I that might be hard to spy. That rhymed. And I'm not a rapper. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) So always make sure to type the name of the shop in yourself into the URL search bar to avoid these spelling mistakes happening and see if the same sale is on the website. Two, if it feels too good to be true, I'm afraid it probably is. It could be a targeted ad looking to scam your specific demographic in particular. Maybe it's picking up on your search history, sees this brand you absolutely love, so creates an ad for something similar with a really high discount rate of like 85% that you couldn't say no to. But uh, again, go search the name of the brand yourself. Is the same sale happening? Probably not. Am you telling me that my favourite brand is not 85% off right now? Yeah, Louis Vuitton is not four ninety nine for a limited time only. <laughs> yeah, that's just never going to happen, really. <laughs> um, just one other thing from me. So another way you can spot this is when you're at the checkout and you're making a payment, try and spot whether you're making a secure payment or not. Um, so things to look out for here is does the URL start with a reliable HTTPS at the start? Um, 
and there is sometimes a little closed padlock icon in the URL bar next to it. If you see that, you can be a little more confident that your payment is encrypted and less likely to be read or intercepted by someone else. Yeah. So lock and key is always a good one to look out for. All right. I think that's the fraud files closed for today's episode. Um, Don't forget, if you've got an interesting story you'd like to share, send them through on our Instagram or Facebook group, and we'll make sure we link the socials in our show notes. This was such an interesting episode today, chatting about the professionals working in the defensive cyber field and following up on some tools and resources you can use to redefine how you act online. Yeah, and don't forget all these tools that we have recommended and resources, tips and tricks, they're not exhaustive. No, no, no. There are loads of tools and various products that you can use um, to be more cyber secure. So if you ever do your own research, let us know what you find. Share it with us on the Facebook group or message us on Instagram um, to see what cyber defense products are working for you. Yes, absolutely. We are really keen to hear from you. Um, But for now, that's it from us. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.